Tune in to Pioneers Post podcasts, social enterprise stories and conversations from across the world. How can we harness the power of private capital to tackle the world's most challenging social issues? What role does creativity play in building a purposeful economy? And why are millennials the biggest sign of hope for the social impact movement? Amit Bhatia, CEO of the Global Steering Group for Impact Investment, and the British Council's Dr. Mari Mackay were both keynote speakers at Good Deals and Beyond Good Business, the UK's leading social enterprise conference, which took place in London in March 2018. Amit and Mari took time out from the event to speak to Pioneers Post's Julie Pybus about the progress of their own work, including the recent introduction of Korea to the Global Steering Group for Impact Investment. They also spoke about collaboration and focused on the British Council's new DICE programme, which is all about developing inclusive and creative economies. During the discussion, Mari also refers to UNESCAP. If you're unsure of what that means, it stands for the United Nations Economic and Social Commission for Asia and the Pacific. Julie started by asking if they are thinking big enough in their approach to impact investment. Well, Julia, task is cut out. OECD countries are already investing 20% of their budgets on social and environmental issues. Even with 500 billion that philanthropies throw in, we just don't have enough to tackle the problems on hand. So in some ways, we all got to welcome the fact that we have an opportunity to let private capital partner public capital to address these issues. And our excitement stems from the fact that this is just not incremental capital alone that will address poverty and social justice and climate justice, but we are changing the framework in how the economies work. In trying to bring risk, return and impact as three dimensions for every business decision, financial decision, investment decision, we are changing the DNA of every economy. And I think that is the excitement. And, to, and, and when you fast forward time, I think we'll be able to talk much bigger than billions of dollars because even if we put 5 to 10% of the total institutional investments, we are talking $10 trillion. So I think the time has come when some of these changes should happen. And I think we should, and that's the reason for my excitement and hopefulness about all of this. What do you say, Mary? Yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. I think what we've seen is extraordinary progress and, you know, the dial really shifting in terms of you know the inclusion of the discussion so you know you made the point about movements needing to be inclusive and uh, part of what i think makes it exciting and certainly that we see in the work of the british council is that work that we're delivering that's looking at active citizenship programs or education or schools programs um, more sort of traditional development and international development contracts are beginning to embrace this conversation as well so what's becoming apparent is just the scale of interconnected issues are so vast that it's easy to be critical and to suggest that we're not doing enough or we don't have the right models or methods in the impact investment and social investment space um, but for me the challenge and the opportunity is to be you know absolutely embracing what we have achieved 
and then to be working in you know, very new ways with new audiences and new partners to look at how we develop those further and how we expand them to include other parts of uh, the economy and society and, and culture, which is a conversation that we've also been uh, having as part of our uh, relationship between the British Council and the GSG. Today, the British Council is launching its Developing Inclusive and Creative Economies programme. So could you just explain what that is and why it's necessary? We're launching a programme this week uh, which is focusing on developing inclusive and creative economies. So the, the DICE programme, which will focus on five countries initially, um, Brazil, Egypt, Pakistan, Indonesia and South Africa. Um, working with organisations across the UK, um, social and creative sectors, to look at how we really think about social enterprise and the creative economy as a means to develop more sustainable opportunities for individuals and how our, at our, an institutional or ecosystem level the, the, the economic frameworks that we're all talking about changing embrace a different, you know, a, a different or an evolving view of what economy needs to be. You know, I think something that came out quite clearly this morning is this idea of just how important it is to see the potential of people. And to some extent, our current economic systems have you know, become very objective around ideas of markets and institutions. And I think part of what this movement is doing is it's creating a way for us to bring people right back in at the heart of that. And not just in a token way where we're thinking about, you know, capacity building programs or training, um, but in a really fundamental way where we're recognising that the solutions to the problems that we're talking about absolutely need financial capital and they need systems change, but that is going to come with unlocking um, and allowing a level of human agency and creativity to be really seen as uh, a, a key asset right across our, our world. So I think that's, that's kind of the starting point for us, is to be really thinking about how we can tap into you know, what we all have um, as, 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 as people and bring that um, ownership of these issues uh, to 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 um, everybody, and I agree. And I think I'll add to that that look, the other reason why our discussions and collaboration is timely is because we risk that there will be criticism that the impact movement belongs to investors or entrepreneurs or governments alone and is elitist or niche. And to make it a movement of the commons, we will have to make sure that that average household in Wales is engaged. Yeah, so is it important, important for um, people um, to understand the kind of conversations that we're having in the rooms where we're discussing the social enterprise or the social investment movement? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't think we want to get too caught up in the idea that everybody has to understand every conversation that's happening because you know anyone who's been involved in this uh, arena for any length of time understands that there are some very complex and um, ongoing debates about definitions and what works and what doesn't work and we will always have those but I think the important thing is that there's a reframing of the idea of economy which belongs to everybody and so where we are trying to shift people to think about buying social making you know small 
day-to-day -day decisions about what they do. So even the idea of investment, when you think about it, has been slightly hijacked by money and the idea of financial capital, but investment is what we all do when we make small decisions. You invest your time. Um, a parent will invest more time in deciding to buy a, a socially focused or sustainable um, gift for their child um, or to... Um, take their children to see art or um, theatre or films that have a message beyond the messages that are, you know, have been rampant in our current economies. And so, you know, we have educated people and this is part of why it is a systemic effort because it absolutely has to touch ed our education systems too. Um, we've educated people to think of economy as about markets and money and jobs and, and, and wealth and, and it will remain about all of those things up to a point but it's becoming about uh, the impact of what we do about your ability to make decisions in your own life to choose to you know have a purpose and you know to, to be thinking beyond yourself you know there's a, there's a lot of conversation that's taking place about the idea of service or the idea about you know mission and having as just a, an enlarged view of what the purpose of um, you know your career and your and your work is, and I think that's something that young people absolutely understand right now. They don't necessarily know. So I have this conversation with my you know my um, sons who are you know in their uh, uh, late teens, early twenties now, who are very very passionate about all of these um, social opportunities, but they don't understand. To your point of you know they're not in the room when these conversations are happening they don't necessarily have the same kind of optimism because they don't see the new systems or the new pathways out there so there is definitely um, things that we need to be thinking about in terms of how do we bring the message that this is happening and that there are opportunities and different pathways that you can choose now uh, in order to be part of it to uh, to you know young people uh, and communities who are not part of the part of the discussion only thing I'd add to that is when you refer to the young people, and I think that actually is the biggest reason for hope. Mm. I think survey after surveys have shown, and I think of the ENY survey sometime back, that 80% plus millennials want to invest based on their values. Mm -hmm. We got to remember that millennials were born into a world with more education, more health care, more longevity of life, more wealth. And because of that, they have allowed themselves to think about the world in a much more, you know, conscientious way. And, you know, they are going to, you know, inherit about $30 trillion in wealth in the next decade. Now, if our young people and our millennials are ready to think about how to use that more conscientiously, we will be able to make a better world. So I think we are at a point in time of this inflection of this impact movement where we are still building the pathways on how every retail household can participate. But we got to have hope that because young millennials are showing again and again that, you know, they are ready to carry this burden on mm -hmm. their shoulders. The British Council and the Global Steering Group on Impact Investment are going to work together closely over the next few years. So could you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, of course, look, uh, GSG and British Council are already working collaboratively recently in Seoul. We organized some events together, taking the message to Far East Asian economies about you know the impact to the world. And I think this is great that uh, we can deepen, widen our partnership. And as I've said before, I think it's important that this movement be a movement of the commons. 
and as a network of networks we don't have that capability here but british council does and i think that's why we complement each other so well and i think we're thinking long and hard about if this impact movement has to be taken to the commons what means can we use can art and culture be that you know fulcrum around which we can make this happen so yeah this is exciting to discuss and uh, you know deliberate on this and from um, the British Council's perspective, uh, one of the key areas of, of work that we've been involved in for the last you know, five or six years um, and, and just growing all the time is engaging with governments and policymakers around the world to look at how they think about um, legislation and sort of issues-based reform to support the development of social and creative or, or inclusive um, economies. Uh, we have a partnership with uh, UNESCAP, which we launched last year, where we've sort of taken that to the next level, where we're bringing policymakers together from a number of regions to have that conversation. And there's a huge demand at that level to really think about how governments can shift and um, you know, what policy tools and opportunities and challenges there are. Um, and so partnering with the GSG enables us to really expand that platform. So a big part of the, the work that the GSG has been able to do, again in a very short space of time, is the development of national advisory boards in a growing number of countries. And so we want to make sure that we are working together to be you know, having those conversations in a way which is collective and helpful rather than you know, unnecessarily separated, um, that we are sharing resources and relationships and supporting one another to move from conversations to uh, genuine you know, reform and change in a number of countries and across those countries because that's what's going to shift you know, things at, at a a global level so we um, you know we have a very strong message through all of the work that we're doing in the British Council and I think it comes through in you know so many of the dialogues around this movement that it's not going to work unless we collaborate as a collaborative economy that we're building and so we need to uh, demonstrate that collaboration amongst all of the different players who you know who are privileged enough to have existing platforms where they can uh, make a difference. Just recently, the Global Steering Group has been working in Korea to sign a new country up to, to the membership of the Global Steering Group, and the British Council has been involved in that as well. So could you just explain what happened in Korea recently? Yeah, of course. Look, I think it was a, a great moment uh, this last month when we launched the South Korea National Advisory Board. You know. Back in 2014, you know, as uh, the GA task force ended, you know, it had already seeded with the G7 countries plus EU and Australia, nine national advisory boards. Mm -hmm. And over the last two, three years, we have to been able to grow it to 16. So South Korea was the 17th NAB. And by bringing all our national advisory boards together, we are able to, you know, generate a lot of cross-learning and inspiration. So South Korea is inspired by the UK model of big society capital. And as part of launching this NAB, they have also launched an initiative where they're working with the government to create a $300 million wholesaler of sorts. Now, these are early days on the design of this impact fund. But I think one of the things that GSG is able to do is by bringing all these countries together, be able to pass on best practices to each other, learn from each other, and so that we can, you know, collectively push the world forward. It is our uh, absolute, you know, uh, 
aim that we by 2020 are at least 30 naps and i think british council with over 100 network in 100 countries you know that's another area where you know we will collaborate and find ways to reach out to you know nations that we have not been able to co-opt into the movement and do that with you the british council's developing inclusive and creative economies program is going to be working um in several countries around the world in the in the coming months and years could you just highlight some of the organizations that might be participants in that so the um, new program that we are launching this week is uh, developing inclusive and creative economies so the, the dice program which will focus on five countries egypt pakistan south africa indonesia and brazil and really what we are doing there is bringing together our work in the social enterprise and investment uh, space with our work in creative economy and looking at how we develop a series of programs and activities in those five countries at the policy level, at the institutional level and at the individual level. Um, and so that will be a program that has a number of key global strands where we are in partnership with the GSG and others really thinking about what we can do at policy level through the development of national advisory boards, engaging with the Social Enterprise World Forum to continue that policy dialogue discussion. Um, at the institutional or organisational level, we are launching a fund this week, the DICE Fund, which will provide the opportunity for UK sector organisations from the creative and social sectors to partner with counterparts in those five countries and to themselves design and develop solutions to address the issues that we are seeking to, um, to, to target through this programme. So primarily issues around gender equality, youth unemployment and, and inequality generally um, and at the individual level our countries will um, be working on developing existing programs that we have um, and looking at sort of new solutions to how we bring together um, current work to, to, to address those issues through higher education, through active citizenship programs, through working with local incubators and, and organisations to, you know, to, to really develop, uh, develop our activity to, to the next level of scale. You've been listening to the Pioneers Post podcast. For more podcasts, videos and articles on global social enterprise, head to the Global Perspectives Collection produced in partnership with the British Council on the Pioneers Post website. If you'd like to follow the progress of the British Council's DICE programme, you can access further information at britishcouncil.org forward slash programmes forward slash DICE or follow at SOCENTGlobal on Twitter.